0: I just finished the book A Fate Inked in Blood, which is like this Norse-inspired fantasy romance novel that had some of the hottest spicy scenes that I have read in a a minute and I'm currently in between books so if you are like me and you're looking for another fantasy world to devour, Dipsy has got you covered. You can dive into spicy enemies to lovers tales or embark on an epic romance between immortal fae and sworn foes. They've got fantasy romance stories perfect for your long morning walk, late night, or long bath.
1: Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, spicy audio stories that bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters, discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups and there's a growing library of fantasy series with werewolves, Greek gods, so if you're into Norse gods, you could switch to Greek gods, which could be fun, <laughs> Regency-era <laughs> historical fiction, and Fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure.
0: New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy offers a modern approach to romance through high-quality and captivating audio fiction. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsiestories. slash just break up.
1: That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to d i p s e a Stories.com slash just break up. slash just up.
0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like what to do when your life is a fucking soap opera, <laughs> toxic relationships, and those times when what we know in our hearts doesn't match what's happening in the world. Mm. But before we get started, we want to just give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about.
0: We don't. We are not experts in relationships. We are not um, clinical therapists.
1: Oh, no, definitely no, not. not even I would I- say that I'm a sexpert, but not like credentialed in <gasps> any way.
0: <Shoot>. sexy <laughs> bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, we just don't know what we're talking about. We're here to offer our humble opinions um, to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. But please take our advice as you see fit. Great. Yeah. Hi, Sam. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm good. It's been a week.
0: Oh my god, it's been a week. A crazy week. A wild week, y'all. Our first three episodes debuted a week ago and oh my god wow yeah you guys have been so wonderful and so have re- received them so well
1: seriously we
0: are like overwhelmed by the feedback that we've gotten except for my mom did email me she said she listened to all three episodes oh and
1: i'm sure she has some some things to say
0: oh she was really <laughs> proud of us um she did scold me for sneaking out to have sex with my boyfriend um <laughs> But she also told us not to say like as much. Okay. Um so I'm I gonna will.
1: I'll keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, like I'll totally think <laughs> about that like the whole episode. Ooh!
1: Now every time I see it I'm just gonna like pinch myself <laughs> as like a, a tiny punishment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um that is a good maternal um instinct <laughs> or, like approach. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we just want to say thank you. Like, we've had so much fun doing this. And I said on my Instagram a week before the podcast debuted that this has been just the most fun, genuine project that I've worked on in a long time. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and and stay tuned and share with your friends. Like I I hope that you guys are sending us um, or pointing your heartbroken friends in our direction. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, Yeah. We yeah. just want to say thank you.
1: It's been fantastic. It's just... Oh,
0: it's we been... love when you comment on our Instagram, too. Oh,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, we've... like, all of the stories that you've been sending out yeah. are just like, ah, I know. So many people are crying, and I did not expect that many people to be crying.
0: <laughs> Sam has never made this many people cry in his life, and True. he feels a new sense of power.
1: Yes, I do. And with
0: great power comes great responsibility and dance parties. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Yeah. We want to say thank you before we get into today's episode. Yeah. Um, today we're going to be covering like a lot of really amazing stories. Absolutely. Um, but first, we wanted to talk about something that's really important to both of us and yeah. important to both of our identities. Absolutely. And that is
1: queerness. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I've already come out on this podcast. Actually, I think you outed me on this yeah, podcast, I did. which Sorry, is bro. which is totally fine. But yeah, I mean, like, queerness, I think, is like different than than like gayness and I would say that in the past Mm. few years I've like really come into my own in my understanding of my own queerness Mm. and like part of that is because like the work that I do is revolving around like LGBTQ issues and I will say that like I didn't realize how much like bullshit about gender and sexuality I had internalized until I really started having to talk about these issues to mostly straight cisgendered folks and realizing just like, oh, there's like, there's trauma in me that I didn't know was there.
0: And learned oppressive behavior. Oh, for
1: sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a privilege that like as a cis white man, like I get to walk through the world and not have to like think about the trauma all the time, but it's just really come up for me a lot lately. It's just like the ways in which that oppression like happened to me yeah, and the way that it can, I continue to come up against it frequently.
0: Yeah. Also, Sam's, like, just one of the best champions for people and and for queerness that I know. Like, I think that it's such an honor to be your friend because Uh you are a champion for me. You rally for me and you you see and validate all parts of me. And I think that... The micro macro, you know, the personal to me, what you do to empower me and all of my multiple whole identities inside me, you do for your community. And I just love that.
1: Well, thank you. I didn't tell that story to get compliments out of you, but I appreciate (laughs) it. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Okay, but talk to me, because we were having a little conversation before we started the podcast about, about your own understanding of your queerness and sort of how that's coming up for you.
0: You know, I always felt a little different yeah. like in my sexual identity mm-hmm. um like I shared in the very first episode um I didn't legitimize those feelings until I was like 18 right and then after 18 I started freely identi- identifying as bisexual and mm-hmm. dating men and women and people who maybe didn't identify on the uh sure. gender um binary but as I grew up, I started to feel more and more shame about that identity, about mm-hmm. being bisexual or queer, yeah. um, and not really knowing what word to to choose or if my sexuality was valid because of a lot of either external um, yep. homophobia mm-hmm. or internal um, within the community prejudice against people who are bisexual. For sure. And honestly, the one that I'm coming to terms with most is my own internal shame about what I am, right? right? Like that I feel chronic fear that if I'm with a woman, I will, and, and that I will, and I go on to date a man or something that that both of those relationships will be invalid because yeah. of that. Or that I, if I end up with a man um, that I am no longer allowed in um, those queer spaces For or queer sure. conversations. And I, I, think that I, I was hesitant to have this conversation yeah. before the podcast because I don't always know how to navigate this conversation because I believe in, like, the triage of oppression, right? Like, <laughs> sure. who's bleeding most? Like, who is suffering the most? Yep. Um, I don't believe in the, the suffering Olympics, right? Like, every everybody's suffering is valid and everyone's oppression is, is valid. However, I feel a little bit of self-consciousness bringing up like my own Mm -hmm. bisexual shame and bringing up bisexual erasure when i know that i i i want to prioritize fighting for transgender rights um or for i I want to protest against police brutality you know like these things are killing people but i also know that there's statistics out there that bisexuals are really really struggling and suffering and that's something that you brought up to me.
1: 73% of bisexual girls in Minnesota have had um severe mental health issues. Yeah. Because because of like what you're talking about, right? It's like you don't have a community within the queer community because you're not you're not gay enough. Right? And you're also not part of the sort of heteronormative community because you are not queer or because you are not straight enough. Right. And so like living in that space and also like I agree that, like, we need to triage trauma. Right. But that doesn't mean that your trauma isn't real.
0: Right. And that's why you're the best friend ever.
1: <laughs> but it's also... Like, I'm also coming into terms with that, too. Like... Yeah. Like, at what I was talking about. Like, I am a white, cisgendered man. So, yeah. like, that comes with privileges. Yeah. But... I can't operate in the world and fight for what I want to fight for if I haven't also, like, addressed my own trauma totally. and like, validated that yeah, in a I think real that's,
0: way. I, I think that's a great way to put it. I think that's where I'm at in my sexual identity journey, right? Mm-hmm. I think right now, at 32 fucking years old, <laughs> I'm trying to say, like, look at my relationship history, look at my sexual history, look at the people that I've loved this is who I am. This is valid. It's proven in the people that I've loved. Um, and that I don't, I can't allow society or people or me to pigeonhole myself or, or to cut myself off at my ankles. Um, yeah. And, uh, Also, like something we won't get into today necessarily is like I have some sexual trauma and I have a ton of codependent, unhealthy, toxic relationships that have implanted a lot of shame in me when it comes to love and sex and bodies. But, uh, yeah, it's important to me. To speak on this issue, I think because Mm -hmm. of the work that you do, the work that you've done for me holistically, and 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 for what I'm trying to stand for in my life right now, that in the first three episodes, I use predominantly he/him pronouns for Mm -hmm. all of my partners, and it and that doesn't represent who I am. Absolutely, holy. And 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 if I could speak on that for one second, like it's really easy to pass as straight. It's easy. Yeah, for sure. And again, not this is not the biggest form of oppression going on right now, but I, I think it's important for me to just say, like, I loved her and mm. say that, right? You know, yeah. or I fucked her and say that, <laughs> or, you know, it's important to me to... Here's a really quick story. I had the privilege of performing at a show on Valentine's Day this year in L.A. I opened for this fantastic poet, Jessica Salgado, which I'll um, link to in our show notes. Uh, hopefully she'll be a uh, a guest one day because she's just so a, a badass, fly, fat Salvadorian poet is how she describes herself. I love it. And she posts these screenshots of uh, like the shitty men who DM her on dating sites. <laughs> anyway... It's not actually about her but I wanted to shout her out. At that show I read poems about my relationships and I intentionally gave myself the push permission to not code switch or not explain when I switched from one yeah. uh, pronoun to another. I just did it. Yeah. And um, that show felt really freeing to me because I felt like I didn't have to say to the audience, well, I'm bisexual, I can prove it. Here are all of my relationships. Like, yeah. I felt like I All my life, I feel like I, I've had to have... Have a gay card or like proof of insurance, you know, of my gayness, and prove like, well, yeah. I fucked this many people, and half of them were women, and you know, how many like late night drunk debates have I gotten with p- strangers or friends about oh. that to validate my own identity? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, how many times have people been like, "Well, you only c- kiss girls," or "It doesn't count when you're younger," or whatever? Fuck um, those people. I know, I know. Uh, but th- we all internalize shame in so True. many different I'm ways. Yes. No, no, no. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> (laughs) those people but anyway it just felt so great to be on stage and like and be unapologetically me with no explanation I didn't have to explain to the audience that I just wanted to share that that's kind of what I'm trying to bring into my life right now
1: yeah no that's great and I also like that has been happening for me professionally yeah and I don't want to talk too much about work because like y'all don't need to know about that stuff
0: oh they want to (laughs) know
1: I know you can google me and find out where I work but um, the thing is like I, as I have become more unapologetically queer and yeah. being in spaces and, like, talking about queerness, it's, it is fascinating to me how quickly people become defensive about that in a way that I didn't—like, I like I was operating in the world for a long time thinking, like, we're all friends, right? Like, we've reached this point of acceptance. And it's clear that once you start talking about these issues in in different spaces that, like, oh, we're not— we're not all cool.
0: Yeah. Like
1: that acceptance only goes so far. And if you talk about this stuff too much, then that's when like they trigger into defensiveness. Yeah. It's good to know that like, like it's out in the open then, but it is just sort of for, at least for me for the past few years. And again, privilege that I haven't had to deal with this, but like, it's been like, oh wow, my queerness is fantastic. And I love being queer, but it also like, isn't as cool as, as people make it out to be.
0: Mm, It's not as um, shiny and glittery.
1: Yep. And once the, once the hard work of actually, like, accepting and being inclusive of queer people mm. has to happen, that is when it's like, wait a minute. No, I thought we just could, like, skate over the surface and, like, get it's away with it. It's not just stuff.
0: all a pride parade. Oh,
1: for sure. Right?
0: Right. But also, let's talk about the fun things about it, right? <laughs> you know, like, we do this... Uh, I am, like, really proud to say that probably 98% of my closest friends identify as queer or gay or bi yeah. or trans. And I don't mean that to say, like, to shame straight people at all. I, I just, like, f- I think that I feel very kindred spirits with people mm-hmm. who connect with sexuality or even, let's say, femininity as an en- energy. <laughs> let's put some hippie <laughs> woo-woo shit out there. Uh-huh, sure. You know, when people see gender and sexuality as more on a spectrum, those are the people that I connect most with because yeah. they have a lot of compassion and and... I don't know, openness.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I love that the queer community is so incredibly broad and so mm. diverse. Um,
0: and definitely needs to work on oh, being sure. m- like more accepting of diversity. Oh,
1: absolutely, yes. Yeah. But there's a quote from this person who works for this organization called Freedom Inc. And their name is M. Adams. And they're just like an amazing activist but their quote is that queer people are all people there are there's not a kind of person we are not Mm. and i just like i I just love love that. that so much because it's just i think it it gets to the fact that we're everywhere so like Listen up. Right. Like, we're here. Right. But also, just the idea that, like, the, the wonderful diversity that exists in the world also exists in our community. Right.
0: Totally. Oh, I love that. Can I ask you about, like, your coming out or your, um, like, when you knew that you were gay?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I was in denial for, like, a very long time.
0: <laughs> Aren't we all?
1: Right. Well, you know, because, like, I'm really good at compartmentalizing. So, We've heard.
0: <laughs> yes. uh, so
1: I was like, this isn't a thing that I am until so, like the the I had like a realization. Um, I like saw someone. I don't remember who it was, but I saw someone on TV and I was like, I'm attracted to that man. And then I was like, oh, shit, like, I, <laughs> I, I can't deny this anymore. It's very clear.
0: How old are you? Um,
1: at that point, I was a junior in high school, I think. Yeah. Where it was like, oh, man, this is like, this has reached the critical point where I can't be in denial anymore. Yeah, Yeah. And then sort of like came out to friends, came out to my family because my mom walked in on me and my boyfriend making out in the basement.
0: (laughs) Mouth to mouth. Uh, Yeah.
1: So that was great. Uh, Sorry about that, mom. And then, yeah, just continued to to come out and, you know, started the GSA at my high school. Because you're
0: a badass leader and you love to free people.
1: That's right. I was Or empower them. Right. So... It was
0: good. Yeah, uh, I feel like I have
1: to come out all the time, though. Like it's not a one-time thing. Like in almost like every situation, I have to be like, "Yeah, no." Also, I'm gay. Just FYI, so everyone knows.
0: Right. I I have what I would consider my the first time I told my friends or family in my head. But what's more important to me is like a recent coming out that I experienced. Yeah. Um, And you were so wonderful during this time. I. Like I said, like I I started dating women around 18, 19, had a handful of legitimate relationships with them, you yep. know, that lasted 6 months or more or whatever. And then I moved to Minnesota and I dated predominantly men for a chunk of time and At that time, I started to, like, put my queerness away. I started to think that my queerness was a part of my youth Mm. and it was a part of me finding my sexual identity Mm -hmm. and that it wasn't necessarily a part of my adulthood. And so, like, just within the past couple of years, I've started to reflect on the idea that... That desire was valid and is still in me and was not a part of me, quote, exploring or experimenting, but Mm. is a totally valid desire to have in your 30s, 40s, 50s, as well as desire to sleep with men, Um, just sort of legitimizing it. So I, I had like a second coming out experience where I feel like it was my true coming out to myself because mm-hmm. I kept delegitimizing my own sexual identity because yep. when I thought of myself as an 18 year old having sex I would have done anything <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like oh you a pumpkin a pony out back cool you know like <laughs> I just wanted to like experiment I just what I was yeah. like a very sexual young person and I just was like cool whatever and I also yeah. found an identity in sex that I didn't have mm-hmm. which is also kind of problematic when get in into that later yep. but I didn't legitimize my own desires then I just I found an identity in being desired mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. then now as mm-hmm. an adult I'm trying to process what what my desires are and what is valid and yeah. and so that I consider that my second coming out really well and
1: I remember when you when we had that conversation <laughs> yeah and I totally. was like I was not as far along on my journey at that point yeah. and was like i like just confused by the whole concept of like What does bisexual actually mean? Right. And I will say that you were super helpful in that for me to understand, like, when I had you to be able to, like, touch and point to and say, like, this is what bisexuality means, it became like was. Yeah, I very
0: much lived it. Yeah. And I was. Without naming it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what that looks like. Yeah. Um, And of course, it doesn't look like that for everyone, but, like, it was very helpful for me to understand, like, oh, bisexuality is a valid sexual orientation. Yeah. It does exist. And. When you say that it doesn't or when you delegitimize it, that's like perpetuating this bi-erasure that has been happening for yeah, forever. Yeah,
0: totally. Thanks, Sam. You've always made me feel really seen and heard. Yeah. I also want to say, like, I, I'm not sure which of my friends are listening, but I've had, like I said, I have a... Um, the. um I have a large population of of gay or queer friends, and the ones closest to me, I want to say their names out loud right now, Amanda and um, her partner Casey and my friend Bree, who lives across the world in Australia— and her partner Kate these are two, four, two lesbian couples and they have been so understanding and open in their own uh, journey of accepting bisexuality mm-hmm. and accepting me and I, and I and I love them for seeing me for, for I love them for being gay for being themselves <laughs> yeah and I love them for seeing me and all of me and accepting me into their community yeah I love that and you too That's and, great. and every and all of our closest friends yeah, okay. I feel really seen by them. Anyway, I feel like we went in. On, y'all, this was like, we have in our show notes, We it's called our check-in and our announcement time. And yeah. we just like did a whole episode <laughs> seriously where we like freed and empowered ourselves.
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay, so that was great. Are you ready for the first letter?
0: Um, I, yeah. I, we, are you ready to like shift <laughs> yeah, into seriously. that? We just like... Just take some
1: cleansing breaths maybe. Yeah,
0: we did like the most holistic version of Maury right there. <laughs> Yeah, so our first letter mm-hmm. is it's intense.
1: It's intense, We
0: <laughs> love it. We were living for it. It was oh, like sure. watching a whole Jane the Virgin episode in a five-minute letter.
1: Yes. Oh, right? my God. So true. We read so it at the intense. coffee shop, and we were just like hollering as we were reading it. Yeah.
0: So, Sam, take it away.
1: Okay. It's long. Just FYI.
0: But it's worth it.
1: It's worth it. I met Stefan in August of 2017. We dated pretty regularly for nine months without actually calling it a relationship. Neither of us liked labels that much. In late March, he asked me if we could just be friends for a while so he could figure himself out.
0: Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) He asked me to wait for him, so I did. I loved him. I saw a life with him. I wanted the whole picket fence and babies with this man. So when he asked me to wait, I did so. In April, we started seeing each other weekly for date nights again. In May he came to me one night and said he was done with us because he needs to figure himself out completely. I was heartbroken. So I did what any girl would do. I went researching. Yes
0: you did, bitch. (laughs) Yes you did.
1: I combed through his Facebook and his Twitter. It was then that I found him replying to a girl on Twitter by tagging her in girlfriend posts. Uh uh. Yeah. Then on a Facebook that same picture or that then on Facebook that same girl had a picture of them together as their profile picture. No. Yeah. He was also tweeting to his ex-girlfriend pickup lines in January. So I called him out on it all, and he just said he was sorry for the man he had become. I then reached out to Lauren, the girl with the pictures, and told her I was out of the picture and that she should go for it now. She then proceeded to tell me that he they had been in a full monogamous relationship since mid-December. <sighs> so you think, Lauren. <laughs> Keep in mind, he was seeing me in late April. Now looking back on it, I should have seen the signs. Don't blame yourself, girl. He stopped uh-huh. inviting me over to his house and started coming to my house more often. I was under a different name in his phone. Ah! <laughs> ah, just little things that I should have been seeing. No, we're only I... <laughs> halfway
0: through this letter. Like, shit's gonna get crazy.
1: Ah, just little things that I should have seen but was blinded by love with. Now his girlfriend Lauren has lost her mind. I, t- I told her she decided, after I told her she decided to stay with him because she loves him too much to lose him. She then tried to become my best friend by asking me to dinner into the gym or whatnot. I never agreed but played nice with her. She added me on Snapchat and followed me on Twitter. I added and followed back to be nice to make and to make sure that he was okay. On her birthday, she got drunk and went on a huge tangent about how ugly of a bitch I was and completely trashing me on Twitter. I unfollowed her, then I unfriended her on Snapchat. <laughs> right? She apologized to me a week later, saying that she was just angry. I said it was fine and that I understood and left it at that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, she continued to follow me on Twitter and Snapchat. Now, this is where it gets shady. This is where it gets shady! <laughs> <laughs> we are so far into this, and it's just getting shady. Oh, my God, I lost my place. Okay, here we go. Uh, Anytime I post anything about missing him, she likes it or comments on it or even retweets it. If I post a song that we used to listen to or had a good memory on Snapchat, she screenshots it. She messaged me tonight just to tell me about how she is at a bar that we used to go to and how I should be jealous because she gets to go to that bar with him for forever. I'm pretty kind to her, but geez, a woman has her limits. Uh Uh-huh. She still continues to like everything I post and even retweet it. She's almost a full blown psycho with it. I don't want to block her because I want to make sure she doesn't go violent. My mother is her mother is my neighbor or his mother is my neighbor, and so she's over there a lot with him. She knows where I live and work hmm. it It makes me nervous, honestly. I hate this because I do miss him. I really do. I loved him, but I'm trying to move on. I've been casually seeing a guy that's very different from Stefan. This new guy does things for me just because he knows I'll like them. He's sweet. I'm trying to give him a chance, but the thoughts of Stefan keep creeping up on me. So this has been the past 11 months of my life. I'm not sure how to move on from it. Why do I still hope that he comes back? How do I deal with Lauren? How do I let myself fall harder for Thomas? Is it possible to like Thomas and Miss Stephen? I'm pretty lost right now and could use some insight on the situation. Thank you.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) This letter is so much. There's so much going on.
1: <laughs> so much going on. Just like a soap opera.
0: Yeah. Um and this is not to shame you. Um uh he- by the way, this is Heather from Texas. Oh, yes,
1: Heather from Texas. Sorry.
0: Um it's okay, Heather, thank you for writing. This is not to shame you, Heather, but there's just so much going on here and Sam and I were like there's so much going on, should we answer it? Mm-hmm. But it's 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 so many important things are happening in this letter. For sure. And it's also like a little entertaining <laughs> and I'm sorry that's <laughs> th- at the expense of your pain, Heather. Um, but this is like a soap opera, girl. Get yourself out of this. And we're going to try to help. Yes. Yeah, we're going to try to help you get out of this soap opera.
1: Yeah, for sure. The first thing that I want to say Go. is fuck Stephen. Yes. Stefan.
0: Oh yeah, we've decided to call him <laughs> Stefan because we think it's pronounced Stephen, but we just want to insult him a little. <laughs> Stefan. No
1: offense to all the Stephens out there in the world. You, um, you have great names. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Totally. We um, just want to intentionally mispronounce it. Oh, for
1: sure. Yes. Um, this is all his fault.
0: Yeah, I think that it's you are like, oh my god, he's being a douchebag, and like Lauren's being a crazy bitch, and da 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 da. But like. This is about Stefan, girl. Yep. I know that Lauren is acting um, out, and she's being really aggressive and mean and problematic, and we will get to her, I promise. <laughs> but Stefan is a douchebag. But it, even more than that, girl, like, Stefan is abusive. This yeah, is abuse. Yeah. Like, you don't date around like that mm-hmm. and tell somebody to wait for you because you have to figure yourself out. That, that's emotional manipulation sure. to keep you in his little pocket.
1: Right. And Lauren is, I mean, Lauren is being inappropriate with her behavior. I'll say that. But like, also the guy that she thought she was in a monogamous relationship with for like nine months has been seeing someone else and like is still in his life. Like, yeah, that would like and that is Stephen's fault. Like, (laughs) Stephen's fault. Like, why? (laughs) Why is he being such a douchebag? And treating both of you like this so that you like yeah. feel so helpless in the situation. Yeah. So
0: we wanna shit on Stefan and we but we also wanna say we're not excusing Lauren's behavior at no. all. Mm-mm. However uh, this woman is dealing with her own trauma for sure and she's acting out because society teaches us to team up against each other as women That's right? right. Like it's easier to Be angry and shit on another woman than it is to hold a man accountable.
1: Oh, absolutely And I was
0: taught that as a little girl. I, I mean was taught, continue to be you taught always go after the other woman You don't hold your man accountable because then he'll leave you and you'll be worthless. Yes. Thanks society You <laughs> dick <laughs>
1: Absolutely. So this is not this is not necessarily a fight between you and Lauren. This is like a fight between Lauren and Stephen, Stephen and you and Stephen as well. I can't do it. I'm (laughs) sorry. It's like I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Stephen, Stephen, whatever. Anyway, we just said like a million different things in a million directions in the first thirty seconds of answering your very complicated letter. Yes. But one, Heather, I'm sorry this happened to you. Yes. I can tell by your letter that you really care about Stephen. Yep. And you put effort into this and you wanted to wait. Like we, especially women, we have the capacity and endurance in in us to wait and nurture other people until we are literally starved. That's right. Right. And I can tell that you nurtured this man thinking that he would return it to you one day. Yep. And I'm really sorry that he didn't. I'm really sorry that he turned out to be the person that he really is.
1: Absolutely. And like... As bad as his behavior is, and as and the way that Lauren is is coming at you, like those are things that you might think are reasons for you to not feel the pain of of nurturing something and hoping for something, and then having it all fall apart right. for you, right? Like because you're like, well, he was a jerk, so that means that I don't I don't feel valid in the fact that I miss him, or valid in the fact that like I wanted this to work out so bad right. so badly, but like no, you did, and that and that pain and that that grief is really right. really valid. Right.
0: One of my dear friends in high school was in love with this man for a really long time and he he pulled a similar thing where he kind of like kept her on the back burner and kept her in the in his back pocket and just would go back to her when he needed her and yep. they, and and they developed a relationship no doubt like they had an, an a closeness to them sure. but my friend was so willing to justify all of his inadequacies that she, mm. he didn't She couldn't see that he was abusing her, um, that that this giving 20 percent of himself or 40 or 60 wasn't respecting her and what she was putting into the relationship. But, you know, we were young and she was hurting and she ended up always villainizing the women that he was he was Mm -hmm. with. And they were shitty, like like they were doing shitty things, too, just like Lauren is. But I kept hoping for her to see how inadequate he was. Like, why was she wasting, not wasting time, but why was she putting energy into hating these women instead of putting energy into letting go and, and disconnecting from everything to do with this man who had hurt her.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And that's, and that's what we're saying to you, Heather, is that we want to talk, I want to talk about Lauren in a minute, but Stefan has hurt you in a really serious way. Enough, enough to say you're not in my life anymore and anyone i kn- in anyone who's close to you especially your girlfriend yep. i don't need to be nice to her like no. I- I really, Sam and I always talk about the idea that we feel the need to be liked by everyone. Yep. And that's a really noble, valid thing to feel. But mm-hmm. it, you will be crushed by it. Yep. It is impossible to be liked by everyone. Absolutely. And if you set yourself up for, to, to to be liked by everyone, you yep. you will fail and you will feel that failness in for you. Sure.
1: And also our Stefan. That failness and- <laughs> is
0: what I just said. <laughs> Sorry. Failure. Thank
1: uh, you. English major. Yeah. Uh, so- and also, like, are Stefan and Lauren really the people that you want to put energy into having them like you?
0: Right, right. Have they earned this sacrifice that you're doing, this politeness? Right, no. And and we're not saying light their house on fire or key their car.
1: Please, we are for sure not saying that. Yep,
0: no. We're saying block, 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 block. Yes. Emotionally or on your cellular device. And, for sure. And we want to say we recognize that you feel like you might be physically at risk, but... Obviously, engaging with them has not kept you out of harm's way.
1: Absolutely, right.
0: Engage, being nice with them, engaging with both of them has not kept you safe.
1: No, it hasn't.
0: So maybe try to disengage on another level. Yep. Maybe block them on Instagram and Snapchat. Maybe take their phones out, of th- their numbers out of your phone. Yep. If that puts you ever in physical danger, um, you know what to do to make yourself safe. You survival is important. Absolutely. But man, like stay. Sticking around with them, being nice to them, forgiving her for calling you terrible names on her birthday because she was drunk, even though we all know that's just an excuse for being insecure and bitter.
1: Yep, for sure.
0: That type of work, you don't have to do anymore, Heather. You, you can you, l- you can set these people down and move on with your life.
1: Absolutely, You need to be focusing on yourself. You need to be focusing on your budding relationship with Thomas. Yeah, he and sounds dope. Yeah, he sounds... Fine, I don't know anything about him, but like he's certainly better <laughs> than Stefan. I bet, I'm guessing. I love
0: how defensive you are. Like, and Thomas is fine.
1: <laughs> but right, so, so they are just sucking energy out of you. That is what right. they're doing right now. And you owe them nothing. You owe them absolutely nothing. Yeah. You don't. They don't deserve your politeness. They don't deserve your kindness. Yeah. I mean, like, again, don't key their car. Don't burn down their house. But like, just let them go. Yeah. They don't. They don't deserve it.
0: And it's it, don't get me wrong. Like if somebody calls me a name, it, I'll it, I'll think about it for like a week. It'll oh, really sure. hurt me. I'm hypersensitive. I have to put a lot of intentional head and heart work into unpacking other people's uh, meanness or shor- shortness or yep. whatever. Yep. But I don't think Heather, you would care so much about what Lauren is doing if you didn't still hurt so much over Stefan. Yep so you have to put your energy where you're most hurting where your triage is right yep. and 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 it's him it, he let you down you you were working on this relationship for a long time yep. and it turned out to be rotten
1: for sure you i mean you had dreams of
0: being of together, being
1: together yeah. white picket fence kids and then then what he did to you destroyed all of that and now you are also dealing with the after effects of that.
0: Yeah. And that's it's just so hard.
1: That's so hard.
0: And, and all of the details in the letter show us that you're really struggling trying to keep, a, like a, keep it all together, right? You're yeah. like, I'm dealing with all of these details that I needed to share with you. And that's why we wanted to read it out yep. because it's obvious that you are not allowing yourself to mourn over this relationship and move on or else you wouldn't allow even Lauren to be in your life like she's not a friend to you and it's no friend treats me like this Heather
1: no and it's it's clear you know that I I don't want to say that you are intentionally doing this right I think that there's so much it's hard when you're in that moment with like All of the details and all of the things that are happening all around you to figure out what is the thing at the heart of this. Yeah, that's
0: so hard. That's so good, Sam. It's so hard. There's a fog. Oh,
1: for sure. And it's easy for us to sit here in this room Mm -hmm. miles and miles away and read your letter and say, I can tell you what that is. But just trust us as two people from standing outside who may have a a different perspective. But who
0: care about your happiness.
1: Absolutely that the thing that we think is the problem here is that you need to have the space and the permission to mourn what could have been and to 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 feel that grief mm-hmm. so that you can feel healed and whole before you can move on
0: yeah i want you to maybe write a list uh, of what they bring to your life that is positive mm. and what they bring to your life that is negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and see how those two outweigh each other. Yeah. And and keep in mind that not everybody in this world is meant for us. Nope. And not everybody deserves our attention, our nurturing, and our love.
1: Absolutely and not. it
0: just sounds like these two people, as a pair or individually, don't deserve your attention, Heather. They don't. Yeah, and we love you and we want you to be able to move on to Thomas or somebody else Absolutely. who will treat you better, who won't put you through this soap opera Absolutely. of a letter.
1: Who won't make you work so hard.
0: Yeah. And like Sam said, I think it's really important to know that like it's easy for us to give you this advice, but we really believe in it. So Heather, make sure write that list, recognize what baggage you are carrying of them for them mm. and set it down, girl. Black, Absolutely. black,
1: black, black, black. Black.
0: Thank you, Heather. We love you.
1: Thank you, Heather. Hey, friends, did you know that most Americans think that they spend about $62 per month on subscriptions? But get this, the real number is actually closer to $300. That's literally thousands of dollars a year, half of which we've probably forgotten about. Thankfully, there's Rocket Money. And Rocket Money finds subscriptions that you forget about, and they can help you cancel the ones that you don't want anymore. I did like a mental tally before we started recording of like how many, how much money I actually pay on subscriptions every month. And I would have told you like, I don't know, 50 bucks. And after like... 30 seconds. It was like into the hundreds. So it's really great that Rocket Money exists to help you manage those unwanted subscriptions.
0: That's right. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps you find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it within a few taps. love how the dashboard shows me the monthly spending as compared to last month so i can drag myself you know once a month uh and i can clearly see all of my spending habits plus they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track
1: rocket money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20 percent. all you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and rocket money takes care of the rest they'll deal with customer service for you
0: All right, moving on. We have another letter from Texas. This person is writing from Buddha.
1: Buddha. 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 Buddha.
0: Buddha. Buddha. <laughs> Today is this is going to air on Monday, but um, t- the day we're taping is ac- actually National Booty Day or something <laughs> like that. Instagram is Who crazy, y'all. <laughs> Who decided that? Congress. I don't know. <laughs> they got to be doing something. We sure as know. Hell no hell know they're not doing other things.
1: Okay, this is not a political podcast. Like holding
0: the president fucking accountable. All right, anyway. Uh, it's not a political podcast, but we spend the th- first 30 minutes talking about queerness and oppression. Okay. And...
1: My, my identity is not political. It has just been made political.
0: Oh, the personal is totally political, but that is a whole nother episode that we could get into.
1: Okay, this person's name is either Joss or Joss or Hose.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say uh, this is letters coming from Joss, Red from Butta. Buddha. Texas. <laughs> and this is a short and sweet question and we love it. It is at what point can you say that a relationship is toxic? Ooh. So we're just gonna go <laughs> rapid fire. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, when they make you feel shitty about yourself. <laughs>
1: oh, absolutely. When you start losing your own sense of self.
0: Yeah, when you uh, when you count and there are more good bad days than there are good.
1: When you start to define who you are by your partner and not by the things that you like to do. When they have you your name as a different fucking name <laughs> in the
0: cell phone. That's crazy. That's insane. I know.
1: When you find yourself forgiving things that you know are wrong just because it's easier.
0: Oh, yeah. Like when you start avoiding confrontation Mm -hmm. or deleting innocent text messages Mm -hmm. or lying about relationships, like, you know, I wasn't hanging out with so-and-so because, not because you did something wrong, but because you know they would be upset about it. It's when you start justifying irrationality, really. For sure. I mean, you and I have both been in toxic relationships and i have given toxicity like i believe that you love the way you were taught to love Mm -hmm. you know and you have to again do that heart work to to learn healthy behaviors but for me for me toxicity in my relationships came um really surfaced when i stopped paying attention to my own inner compass
1: Mm, yeah
0: when the thing in me saying this is wrong, they don't have a right to treat me this way, when I smothered that voice. Yep. Right? yeah, At the expense of someone else's desires or expectations of me or reactions. Like, I've been with a partner who I just couldn't trust if she was going to respond in a way that that I would be able to handle. Like I, I she yeah. would respond so angrily to things yep. or uh, everything I brought to her seemed like I was either disappointing her or angering her. Yep. And at that point, after months of either disappointment or anger, you start feeling like you need to censor yourself yep. to take yourself out of risk of those two two things. Yeah.
1: And that's, that is not good. Yeah. I've also... So my toxic relationship was all about gaslighting.
0: Yeah, totally. So I instead. Can you define that for us? Yes.
1: So gaslighting um, is a term that comes from this like 1950s play or Mm -hmm. movie, um, which is about a man who um, like lights the the gaslight in the stove. And his wife keeps being like, the gaslight is on, the gaslight is on. And he keeps telling her, no, it's not. No, it's not. And slowly, like, drives her crazy. I mean, there are other parts right. of it, but, like, that's the start She loses of it.
0: her sanity because she starts to question what's real and not real based yep. on his yep. um, assurance that it is not on.
1: Yes. And so gaslighting in relationships is when your partner refuses to acknowledge the reality and instead just puts um, things that you know are true as, like, you're being crazy right now. So, mm-hmm. like... The, the toxic relationship that I was in, I was always the angry one. Mm. And it was because he was always like, There's no problem. I've done nothing wrong. There's not like, there's You're nothing overreacting. To, right. You are the one that's crazy. You are the one that's overreacting. And when somebody tells you that, like, Woo, that really drives you crazy. And then totally. you react in anger and then you become the person that is the that angry. They're,
0: they're accusing you to be. Exactly.
1: Right. So, like, situations where what you know to be true. Like they're lying to you about things that you know to be true
0: mm-hmm. you can not or hold making them. you out
1: to be the villain when you know that you're not and like, you can'
0: oh, like when you can't hold them accountable like yes. when you say, "Hey, you hurt my feelings," and they say, "What? no, I didn't. I didn't hurt your feelings. In fact, you did this and then you're like, that's a huge sign of toxicity for me when somebody yep. can't be held accountable.
1: Yeah, when they apologize and they say, "I'm sorry that you feel that way <laughs> oh, God, <my> heart.
0: <laughs> Apologies 101. Say, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. <laughs> Don't say it the other way around. Take yeah, ownership no th- of your actions.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the the toxic person would always say, like, well, I can't make you feel anyway. Uh you just feel it.
0: I almost backhanded you when you said that to me and like I love you <laughs> triggered, sorry. <laughs> Anyway, so other things in toxic relationships, I think about people who chronically don't trust you mm-hmm. um, when you've done nothing. Even when you have, you know, like, say, say you were like, flirting with someone or somebody asks you out and you had nothing to do with that, like... And they hold that against you for months and months and Mm -hmm. uses that as an excuse. I've had a partner use my past partners against me, like not respect me or love me or like hoard my history over my head because of the people I'd either been with or been in love with or whatever.
1: That's toxic for sure. That's a huge
0: toxic red flag for me that they like, uh, if somebody in your relationship, if a partner doesn't... Uh, can't get over your history. They yeah. are. You have no future with them. Mm. It's not a red flag. It's a promise.
1: Yep. If you are in a relationship and you are questioning whether or not it's toxic, that to me is sort of a red flag that there might be something there. Because totally. I think people that are in healthy relationships generally can feel that totally. they're healthy
0: that i i actually might agree with you i also think like the definition of toxicity in relationships might be very fluid yeah as is gender and sexuality <laughs> but um i think you're right though because even in relationships that have failed but that i look back on i'm like well that one wasn't toxic it, yeah. it was just not it just right. Didn't,
1: right yeah right. it just didn't work out
0: But the ones that were toxic, I I look back on them and they're like searing. Like they they hurt. They make me flinch when I think of them. Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah, I think a lot about trust and mistrust. I think a lot about manipulation of Mm -hmm. both your, your money your time, your energy, yep. um, meaning like always making you show up for them mm-hmm. or that you are always the one in the wrong. And, and I said this in the very beginning, but maybe we can close with it unless you want to say something else. Well, I just want
1: to say one yeah, other go. thing, too. If if your loved one is trying to also poison you against your friends.
0: Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that. That has happened to me so mm-hmm. much.
1: Yep. that That is a very clear mark of, of toxicity.
0: I, Yeah, that is so real to me. Yeah, I will. We'll talk after the episode. (laughs) Um, But you sent me somewhere right there when you said that. Um,
1: Triggering for sure. yeah, Yeah.
0: And for me, Joss, things become toxic. I start thinking, do I always feel like I am an apology Mm. Or do I always feel like I am something they're disappointed in? Yes. And I literally start thinking, are there more bad days than there are good? Wow. And that is a toxic
1: relationship. That is real.
0: Yeah. Jas we love you. We, we love hope that you. you are feeling safe. Yep. You are feeling loved and that you are not experiencing anything that we said. Nope. But if you are, just know that you are worthy of different behavior.
1: Absolutely. That you th- are worthy of a love that is not toxic.
0: Yeah. And that we hope you feel like you have the right support and resources to get out of that relationship. Reach it out might to feel your friends really... and
1: family if you yeah. need
0: to. Yeah. And, and if we said anything that you're experiencing right now and you feel like maybe ashamed to bring this to your, your safe space or your the people who you consider your out. Um maybe just name a couple of the things that you've been experiencing. And the people who love you will tell you that that's not right. Yep,
1: absolutely. Um, and they'll help
0: you get out of that relationship. All right, Jess, we love you. Be safe.
1: Thank you for the question. Yeah. Great. So last question. This one. So I just want to say this before we even even read this. When this, when this question came in, I immediately texted Sierra and I was like, are we equipped to do this?
0: No. When this question came in, I said, read the next question, like brace yourself before you read the next question. I I basically gave Sam a trigger warning and and I want to extend that trigger warning to anybody out there right now. um, uh, Trigger warning for homophobia and for conversion therapy.
1: Yep. So this comes from Sam. Uh, They are writing from the void. Um, And he writes, I'm a he-him lesbian that grew up in a very conservative part of Tennessee. When I was 16, I started dating my best friend who is also a lesbian, and I still consider her to be the love of my life. Mm -hmm. Her family found out about us and forced her to undergo a homebrew conversion therapy. They cut her off from communicating with everyone she had ever met, including me, of course, abused her physically and mentally, and God knows what else. Two years later, I finally hear from her again, and she's telling me she's getting married to a man she loves and that she's happy. I want to believe her because she deserves to be happy, but I also know that she was a lesbian and probably still is, and more selfishly, that I am deeply in love with her. Hmm. I don't know how to move on. I've been in multiple relationships since with people who were good people, but I feel like I always want what she and I had. I also have no idea how to address the situation. We are in different states with different lives that no longer intersect and I can't understand the trauma she's gone through or the change that it caused.
0: I'm crying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a note on this letter that just says Syria is crying because I cried it the first time we read it. And um yeah.
1: It's it's this is
0: Sam, we love you.
1: We love you so much. And this is this is so hard what you are going through. This is incredibly painful, um, that you, that this is happening to you now, that it happened to you when you were young, that it happened to someone that you love. And I, I just can't even, like I said, when I texted here, I was like, I don't know that I feel equipped to be able to talk about this trauma because it is so real. Mm-hmm. And I just, so, but we're going to try because I think that we, we want to reach out to you and we want to, to touch your heart. And, yeah. and, at and least, most
0: importantly, we want you to know that you're not alone. Absolutely. Um, whether we are fully equipped to answer this, yep. we're going to do our best, um, but we're mostly just standing here with you in solidarity. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we're just going to dive in and it's going to be a little ungraceful because we're not going to segue really nicely, but we <laughs> yeah. have some points that we want to make. Um, and the first one might be the most difficult thing to say, Yep. which is that the one of the most radical things that you can do for your love right now is believe her. Yep. Is believe the experience that she's telling you, and you know in your heart that that might not be her truth, her capital T truth. Yep. But right now, when somebody who has experienced trauma is trying to present something to you, yep. um, the maybe something that you can do right now is is say, "I hear you, I see you, yep, I, I validate you." Yeah, you maybe you can be the safe space for her
1: mm-hmm.
0: by validating her, by believing her, like yep. all the other people in her life haven't. Yep. And then when she's ready, she can come to you. And that's a really hard thing to do. And it's a hard thing for me to even say right now, because also I know that sometimes people in trauma need to be pulled out of it, yep. you know, but it is a radical thing to believe, to believe people. Yep. And, and yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, w- in abusive relationships, right, sometimes people, and I'm not saying that this person that she's married to is abusive, but in relationships that are toxic, it's, it doesn't always help to tell the people, the person what they already know, right? Mm. So it doesn't always help to say, I know you're a lesbian. What are you doing? Um, this isn't the right person for you. Even if that might be true and you know it in your heart. Um, you know, she's probably also processing that. She might be pushing that down. She might not be able to to handle those topics yet. And so, being there and providing the safe space where you see her, you believe her, you know that your what you door
0: see, is open too.
1: Right? Because because in in those situations, to get out of. That situation, that's when you need those people that have always been there for you, that have seen you, mm. that have believed you, because yeah. they, you know that then they're going to believe you when you come to them and say something different. And
0: we don't know what her trauma, what that terrible trauma um, that you experienced as well, yep. you ex- you, this is trauma in your life, yep. um, whether secondary or firsthand. Um, but we don't know what the impact of that trauma has on her and her identity yep. and her communications and, and the people who she feels are safe or not safe. But Sam and I thought long and hard about this. And, and the thing we most believe in that we're most sure of is that uh, the the biggest way you can help her is to be a safe Open, welcoming space to yep. say, I see you, I hear you, just so you know. My door is always open, yep. my phone is always on. And if there is anything you ever want to tell me, anything that you are ashamed to tell other people or you mm-hmm. feel unsafe to tell them, yep. I won't judge you. I won't uh, report you. Yep. I won't betray you like your parents did. Yep. When you want to, if you want to,
1: and if it's safe
0: and if it's safe i'm here for you i think yep. i think that's the biggest thing and and we can feel you sam struggling with this you know when we see people hurting um or when we assume we people are hurting it's really hard for us to not know what to do or or not have the right avenues to help yep. um and so i want to validate this is this is all such a um, emotion ridden, yep. you know, really marinated in this trauma. Um, yep. and, and it's really brave of you to even open your heart to this
1: yeah, type absolutely. of thing. And I think, and I, I want to make sure also, Sam, that you don't lose yourself in this too, right. because this is something that is so painful, um, that you could easily get lost in it. And right. so, what are also the things that you need to be doing to to make sure that you are healthy, whole, and well? Right. Uh, and maybe and maybe that starts with you just believing her and saying, Okay, this is what she says to me and that's sort of where
0: Everybody's on a journey. Right. Yeah.
1: And that's that's what she that's what she's saying, and that's what I have to believe. Um and maybe it's not Maybe this is the point where you say, like, I'm not the person to help her Mm. because I don't have, like you said, you're in different places, your lives don't intersect. And so this is something that you could throw all of your weight and energy into and never make it move. Mm. And I just want you to really be thinking to yourself about whether or not you are ready to give that much of yourself for something that might not. Actually, help.
0: Yeah, what does your self care look like in this? And I know that self care is a word that we like almost throw around these days. Like, I don't think self care is all just bubble baths, even though bubble baths are the shit. (laughs) But you know, how are you protecting your heart? How are you nurturing yourself? Um, And and how are you moving on from your one? your first true love. Yep. Uh, and we're not asking you to move on necessarily. This might be somebody that um, stays with you forever. And mm-hmm. we, we all know those people. I, I have that person. I dreamt of her two nights ago, to yeah. be honest. Um, but we have those people who stay with you. Uh, and so we're not totally advocating for you to move on, but I want to know how Sam's heart is right now. I yep. want to know how you are nurturing it, how yep. you are nurturing yourself as much as you are caring for this other person. hmm one more thing I want to add is also it's also kind of difficult to say, but it 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 ties into how you might be able to process this or move on and be there for this person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is you can't qualify other people's sexuality or their happiness based on your experience with them. That's right. And that might be a really hard thing to feel, especially up against the face of the trauma that you experienced, yep. right? You might know in your heart that she's a lesbian, Yep. but until she says that, until she lives that, yep. you can't qualify her identity based on your experience of her. And again, I know how intimately you two knew each other yep. and I'm not invalidating that at all. Mm-hmm. It's just, it might not be the safest thing. To say what is true and not true for her. Absolutely. And that's hard for me to say, Sam, because I'm on your side. I am
1: too. Like Ugh. I what what her parents did to her was horrible.
0: What they did to you.
1: Also, you, too.
0: Was horrible.
1: And so it's hard for and us. I, to, and
0: right? I know that your heart is in this. I know that your heart wants to free her and love her. As, and, as and do why, ours. Yeah. Yeah. As do ours, totally. Right. And, and that's why that's hard for me to say. Um, but I, I do think that's an important point to make. That yep. You know, who knows, man? We are so complicated. Yep. We are nuanced and confusing yep. and terrifying. As humans, to love one another, it is terrifying. Mm-hmm. But she might be happy. Yep. And that might be the most terrifying thing of it all.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so I think to wrap up with one piece of advice, I think it's just that you need to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Yeah. That you are allowing yourself to feel and understand the way that this trauma trauma happens to you. Yeah. And just know that no matter what happens, you are enough, you are whole, you are, you are going to be with someone that that loves you like crazy. And that you need to make sure that you are taking care of yourself before you're able to take care of someone else, right? It's like, it's like the oxygen mask thing, right? Like, make sure that you are healthy and whole. Before you're will- able or willing to throw yourself headfirst into something that might not even work,
0: and you might be right now, right now in your life, you might feel like I'm kicking ass, I'm healthy, I'm whole. But what we want to end on, unfortunately, isn't her. What we want to end on is you, Sam, um, and the work that you're trying to do for this person. What we want to say is you might not ever be able to save her. Yep. And sh- and more importantly, she, she might, might not, not need, need saving. to be saved. Yep. Yeah. Totally. But we love you and we believe you and we're so sorry this happened to you. Absolutely. But we're so grateful that you found us, that you wrote in and that you were a part of this person's life. You shaped her life in a positive way. And I know that might be hard to feel. Mm. It may be hard to believe, but you touched her heart. You changed her life. You, ch- you forever changed the way she will love. Yeah. And I'm not talking from a place of trauma, although that did happen. Your love was real and true and valid. And what they did to take it away was not okay. No. And it will never be okay. No. And we are with you and we see you, okay? And we love you and we want you to be safe and happy. We love you, Sam. We love you. Not just because your name is also Sam. <laughs> But we love you. <laughs> yeah. So cool. that was a big episode for it us. Was. Oh, I still have, che- oh, Sam, I love you. I'm sorry. Both, both Sams, <laughs> Sam from the void and Sam in front of me. Um, that was a big episode for us. I feel like we really dived into some things, um, some unknown, some, the, the void and the vague and the gray area of being a human.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and uh, we just want to thank you all for listening and subscribing and sticking with us to episode four. Uh, It's such a pleasure to hear your stories, to hear your hearts, and to hopefully helpfully comment upon them. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. I
1: think think that both of us are blown away by the trust that people yes. who have submitted have placed in us. Yeah. To We're
0: honored by it and humbled.
1: to people just trying to make it work and just the amount of love and affirmation and trust that everyone has like put out into the world. Yeah. It's just I I'm frankly just like blown away by it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, thanks y'all. Thank you. Every episode, as always, we want to um, shout out something we want to send you home with. We call this the blind date. So this week, we want to set you up with something that's really important to me in this season of my life. It's called the Affirmation Pod or Affirmation Podcast hosted by Josie. You can look it up. Uh, She's fantastic. They're anywhere between six and 10 minutes long. They come out every two weeks, but they're affirmations based on anything from dealing with stress. Uh, moving on overthinking healthy boundaries how to transition from work into home Mm -hmm. anything that could bring up anxiety uh that could maybe be a roadblock or a mental um something that would make you struggle throughout the day she covers all different topics but the affirmations i just feel like are so holistic so well-rounded she's also like equal parts meditative and conversational which is which I love because I'm terrible at meditating I don't like being alone <laughs> with my own thoughts that's a scary terrain if you know what I mean <laughs> but I love her and I and I start my day with her I I take my dog for a walk and I listen to one of her podcasts and I find myself like church style saying yes to things she says you know she'll say like i give myself permission to do this and i'll say yes Josie, you will and i will too (laughs) um and i've just found a lot of solace and healing and and clarity most importantly clarity i love starting my day with affirmation pod so please check that out um i love that yeah definitely. We'll link for her in our, in our
1: in our social media as well. Excellent. So you can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Pod.
0: You can also slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, sign up for our love letter, aka our newsletter, at the website. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com.
1: Don't forget to subscribe, and please leave us a five-star review. Yes, please. Which we have some people to shout out right now yes. and see her. It's frantically pulling up her phone, trying to get the people. Oh my god!
0: You guys have been <laughs> so wonderful in in giving us these reviews. I cry. I wake up every morning and I send them to Sam, and I'm like, look at this. I just like, I'm so grateful. We got so many that we're gonna try to shout out ten really quick today. Um, so we want to shout it out to and say thank you to Lindsay Miller, Lena, woohoo. Brianna Sizek, regarding samuel.com which is a genius little <laughs> plug right there. <laughs> Maggie Wilkinson, Renee, uh, excuse me, Nicole Renee, Celia uh yeah, Celia Catherine, Allison Rem, Chaos Monkey great screen name and Traveling <laughs> which is T R V L I N G G A and Sam told me that stood
1: for Traveling Gay. That's <laughs> also my friend
0: Oh, true. <laughs> uh, Hi, Sam's friend, traveling gay. <laughs> Had no idea what your screen name was.
1: <laughs> no, that's all right. Also, Allison Ray is my friend too. Oh,
0: what's up? Uh, well, some of my them friends my clearly friends- just love me. <laughs> Some of them were my friends, too. I just didn't say that. (laughs) Anyway. Okay,
1: great. Thank you, all of you who have already done it. It helps us keep the mics on, and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers telling them about their relationship advice.
0: Uh, Original music recording, editing, and producing by my homie, Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast. It's called the What If Podcast. It's awesome. Remember, Sam and I, we love you. We want you to feel safe. We want you to feel whole. In every relationship you have, romantic, personal, professional, we want you to feel trusted. We want you to feel respected. We don't want you to carry around that seed of doubt all the time. We don't want you to carry around that trauma We don't want you to constantly question your own worthiness. You should enter every relationship, every conversation with the confidence, love, trust, patience, and forgiveness that you deserve. No one should make you feel like you are not worthy to be here. No one should make you feel like what you are bringing to the table is invalid. We love you. We support you. And if all else fails.
1: Just break up.